Section 9 of Slave Narratives, A Folk History of Slavery in the United States, from Interviews with Former Slaves, Volume 11. North Carolina Narratives, Part 1. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Read by Christina Dougherty. Slave Narratives, A Folk History of Slavery in the United States from Interviews with Former Slaves, Volume 11. North Carolina Narratives, Part 1 by Various. Sarah Louise Augustus. Sarah Louise Augustus, age 80 years, 1424 Lane Street, Raleigh, North Carolina. I was born on a plantation near Fayetteville, North Carolina, and I belonged to J.B. Smith. His wife was named Henrietta. He owned about 30 slaves. When a slave was no good, he was put on the auction block in Fayetteville and sold. My father was named Romeo Hardin, and my mother was named Alice Smith. The little cabin where I was born is still standing. There was seven children in Marster's family, four girls and two boys. The girls was named Ellen, Ida, Mary, and Elizabeth. The boys was named Harry, Norman, and Marsh George. Marsh George went to the war. Mother had a family of four girls. Their names was Mary, Kate, Hannah, and myself, Sarah Louise. I am the only one living, and I would not be living, but I have spent most of my life in white folks' houses, and they have looked after me. I respected myself, and they respected me. My first days of slavery was hard. I slept on a pallet on the floor of the cabin, and just as soon as I was able to work any at all, I was put to milk and cows. I have seen the pate rollers hunting men and have seen men they had whipped. The slave block stood in the center of the street, Fayetteville Street where Ramsey and Gillespie Street came in near Cool Spring Street. The silk mill stood just below the slave market. I saw the silkworms that made the silk and saw them gather the cocoons and spin the silk. They hung people in the middle of Ramsey Street. They put up a gallows and hung the men exactly at 12 o'clock. I ran away from the plantation once to go with some white children to see a man hung. The only boats I remember on the Cape Fear was the Governor Worth, the Hurt, the Icer, and the North State. Oh, Lord, yes, I remember the stagecoach. As many times as I run to carry the mail to them when they come by. They blew a horn before they got there, and you had to be on time because they could not wait.
There was a stage each way, each day, one up and one down. Mr. George Lander had the first tombstone marble yard in Fayetteville on Hay Street, on the point of Flat Iron Place. Lander was from Scotland. They gave me a pot, a scarf, and his sister gave me some shells. I have all the things they gave me. My missus, Henrietta Smith, was Mr. Lander's sister. I waited on the Landers part of the time. They were hard-working white folks, honest, God-fearing people. The things they gave me were brought from over the sea. I can remember when there was no hospital in Fayetteville. There was a little place near the depot where there was a board shanty where they operated on people. I stood outside once and saw the doctors take a man's leg off. Dr. McDuffie was the man who took the leg off. He lived on Hay Street near the silk mill. When one of the white folks died, they sent slaves around to the homes of their friends and neighbors with a large sheet of paper with a piece of black crepe pinned to the top of it. The friends would sign or make a cross mark on it. The funerals were held at the homes and friends and neighbors stood on the porch and in the house while the services were going on. The bodies were carried to the grave after the services in a black hearse drawn by black horses. If they did not have black horses to draw the hearse, they went off and borrowed them. The colored people washed and shrouded the dead bodies. My grandmother was one who did this. Her name was Sarah McDonald. She belonged to Captain George McDonald. She had 15 children and lived to be 110 years old. She died in Fayetteville of pneumonia. She was in Raleigh nursing the Briggs family, Mrs. F.H. Briggs's family. She was going home to Fayetteville when she was caught in a rainstorm at Sanford while changing trains. The train for Fayetteville had left as the train for Stanford was late, so she stayed wet all night. Next day, she went home, took pneumonia, and died. She was great on curing rheumatism. She did it with herbs. She grew hops and other herbs and cured many people of this disease. She was called Black Mammy because she wet-nursed so many white children. In slavery time, she nursed all babies hatched on her master's plantation and kept it up after the war as long as she had children. Grandfather was named Isaac Fuller. Mrs. Mary Ann Fuller, Kate Fuller, Mr. Will Fuller, who was a lawyer in Wall Street, New York, is some of their white folks. The Fullers were born in Fayetteville. One of the slaves, Dick McAllister, worked, saved a small fortune, and left it to Mr. Will Fuller. People thought the slave ought to have left it to his sister, but he left it to Mr. Will. Mr. Fuller gives part of it to the ex-slave sister each year. 
Mr. Will always helped the Negroes out when he could. He was good to Dick, and Dick McAllister gave him all his belongings when he died. The Yankees came through Fayetteville wearing large blue coats with capes on them. Lots of them were mounted, and there were thousands of foot soldiers. It took them several days to get through town. The southern soldiers retreated, and then in a few hours, the Yankees covered the town. They busted into the smokehouse at Marster's, took the meat, meal, and other provisions. Grandmother pled with the Yankees, but it did no good. They took all they wanted. They said if they had to come again, they would take the babies from the cradles. They told us we were all free. The Negroes begun visiting each other in the cabins and became so excited they began to shout and pray. I thought they were all crazy. We stayed right on with Marster. He had a townhouse and a big house on the plantation. I went to the townhouse to work, but mother and grandmother stayed on the plantation. My mother died there and the white folks buried her. Father stayed right on and helped run the farm until he died. My uncle, Alec Smith, and his family stayed too. Grandfather and grandmother, after a few years, left the plantation and went to live on a little place which Mrs. Mary Ann Fuller gave them. Grandmother and grandfather died there. I was 30 years old when I married. I was married in my missus's graduating dress. I was married in the white folks church to James Henry Harris. The white folks carried me there and gave me away. Miss Mary Smith gave me away. The wedding was attended mostly by white folks. My husband was a fireman on the Cape Fear River boats and a white man's Negro too. We had two children. Both died while little. My husband and I spent much of our time with the white folks, and when he was on his runs, I slept in their homes. Often the children of the white families slept with me. We both tried to live up to the standards of decency and honesty and to be worthy of the confidence placed in us by our white folks. My husband was finally offered a job with a shipping concern in Delaware, and we moved there. He was fireman on the freighter Wilmington. He worked there three years when he was drowned. After his death, I married David Augustus and immediately came back to North Carolina and my white folks, and we have been here ever since. I am a member of several Negro lodges and am on the committee for the North Carolina Colored State Fair. There are only a few of the old white folks who have always been good to me living now, but I am still working with their offspring, among whom I have some mighty dear friends. I was about eight years old when Sherman's army came through. Guess I am about 80 years of age now. End of section nine, read by Christina Doherty, March 10th, 2022.